roofing.net. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station. 106 point. Here's Miller and Condon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for another hour. You know what the, uh, the music means. It means Bama Bob is about to join us, and he will at the bottom of the hour. We'll get back into the NFL with two more of the regional teams. We will catch up with uh, Nick Athen on the Chiefs. They've got a game Sunday night football. And then we will do uh, Ted Glover, uh, who covers the Vikings. And he will join us about 1140, get the direction that they are going. I guess Doug Peterson's a very popular name amongst both the Vikings and the Bears. He's on their list to interview both of them. He's been to Jacksonville. He's on his way to Denver. The former Eagles Super Bowl winning head coach. Perhaps one of those uh, will be a landing spot. Well, Bama. Bob, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on as we look back at what was a pretty darn good season. When you think about where we were last year to what we got this year, I'll never forget Bama. And I think we both texted each other very quickly afterwards watching the Wisconsin uh, Wisconsin first game of the season. Who did they play? Yeah. It was a Penn, you know, State. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State, um, yeah the jump around. Jump around. Yeah. And I couldn't care yeah. less about the song until that day, and it made me cry uh, just because of the fact, boy, oh, boy, this look at this fans, look at everybody having fun. And just a year ago, the predicament they were in, nobody's in the building. But overall, Bama, pretty good year. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Ken, and I, I would agree with that. Um I think there were a lot of highs and lows, a lot of disappointments for a lot of teams. We've covered those uh, over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, I thought it was good to get some new blood into the playoff, Um, even if Cincinnati, in my opinion, really didn't live up to, you know, we talked about it before. I just didn't think they took their best shot Mm -hmm. uh, in that game. But Michigan gets in for the first time, but, you know, to everybody's chagrin, I guess, except for two states down here, it was the SEC, yeah. you know, all SEC championship again. Alabama, Georgia kind of went kind of chalk, I guess, when you started the season. I think a lot of people have both these teams in the playoff and they both made it. They both won their semifinals and they played a pretty good game last night for 58 and a half minutes yeah. uh, until it kind of got away. But, uh, you know, look, in the end, I just think it, it was. It kind of went how I expected it to go a little bit. Um, I thought Georgia would really get after um, Bryce Young. <clears throat> Excuse me, they did uh, a lot more than we saw. Um, he had to make quicker decisions. Um, I think that it when Jamison Williams went out, Huge. it was just too much. Yeah. I mean, it was just way too much. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the the quotes or whatever. He was asking to come back in the game. Mm-hmm. Alabama said no. Um, he wanted to brace it up, and, and they just said no. Look, you know this guy. You know <clears throat> that kind of tells me maybe it's not a torn ACL. It sure looked like it mm-hmm. um, when he went down. Maybe it's just sprained. I don't know. They'll do the MRI. But it, you know, look. I thought the irony of it was when Georgia got behind that's kind of when they turned Stetson Bennett loose, and that's when they really started moving yeah. the ball. And and I just – that was a weakness for Alabama on their defense were those two corners, McKin- McKinistry Kool-Aid, whatever you know his real name is, but 
Uh, he struggled all night. The freshman Jackson struggled all night. And, you know, they just uh, – that that to me was I don't know why Georgia didn't go after that a little bit more unless maybe they were afraid that Bennett you know would would throw a few up and uh, give Alabama a chance. But overall, I thought it was an excellent effort by Alabama. Uh, the better team won. The best team all year won the national yeah. championship last night. It's really all you can say. And uh, but man, was were there some NFL pros out there? Will Anderson and Jordan Davis and those linebackers yeah. from Georgia. I mean. Christian Harris, I mean, just go down the Harris list. Harris was unbelievable. This, fresh, this freshman Turner, Dallas Turner for Alabama. You know, he's a true freshman. You know, fifteen. Is he fifteen? Is he? Yeah, 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 yes, Jesus. Yes, he's kind of the next Will Anderson. So, yeah. I mean, it's just it, look; these teams are not going anywhere. So you can like it, not like it, yeah. whatever. They're just not. So, but I thought it was a compelling game. Um, a lot of defense, a lot of struggling on offense. Kind of expected that. Uh, kind of opened up a little bit late, but it kept my attention, and I think it, it would have kept my attention even you know without my obvious uh, rooting interest in the game. I thought it was I thought it was a fun game. It was ultimately the pick six at the end. You know, I walked away. I opened the show talking with Ken today. I walked away maybe more impressed with Bryce Young than I was after the touchdown drive against Auburn. He was on his back heel all game yeah. long, mm-hmm. losing your top two receivers. I, yep. I don't know about his future. You know, you look at the three starting quarterbacks in the NFL from Alabama, and on and on and on. But just looking at him as a college quarterback and the toughness I thought he showed last night, he, he ratcheted up in my mind after that performance, even if it wasn't one of his best of the year. Yeah, I agree. And I listen, this was, again, this was an outstanding defense, motivated defense, angry defense, whatever you want to call it, Herb Street and you know, Fowler kind of using all these adjectives last night, but they were certainly motivated after that first game. And we knew without – if Mechie and Williams play, that's a totally – I'm not saying Alabama wins, but this just adds a total mm-hmm. dynamic to that. And to lose Williams in the middle of the game like that was just was just a killer. And, you know, I had some of my, my two Florida buddies, you know, I'm sitting here lamenting and I'm kind of texting them a little bit and, they're like, oh, you know, Alabama will just plug another five star, and it's no big deal. And I'm sitting here going, listen, over, you know, if when those two go to the NFL, yes, they'll have talent behind them, but they'll have fall, you know spring ball and fall ball to get them ready. You don't just replace the number one receiver on Mel Kiper's big board at <laughs> halftime and go, hey, go out and do what he did. And I think you saw that. To me, if there was one play in the game that was huge, and it, it's kind of hard to maybe pick one out, but to me it was, I think it was in the third quarter, Alabama was ahead 9-6, they had a really nice drive going, I think they came off their two-yard line, and just yeah. kind of methodical, mm-hmm. you know, six and a half minutes, got down to about, I don't know, the 25, 30, whatever it was, and Bryce Young, under pressure, third down, just drops an absolute dime over, under coverage, everything, mm-hmm. right into the hands of 84, Paul, and he drops it. Mm-hmm. And that right there was my <laughs> – I, I hit him back like, well, there's your plug-and-play five-star right there that just dropped a first down, would have been first and goal at the five. Maybe they take it in 16-6. to six. Who knows what happens at that point. Instead, they come back, kick a field goal, it gets blocked. Next play, Cook runs 64 yards. Georgia goes into the end zone, takes the lead. That, to me, was if if the game turned on a play, that was the play. And that is just so – and the whole 
you know, they'll just plug somebody else in. Yes, they will next year. They'll replace Metsy and Williams next year. It is really hard to do that in the course of a month when you're when you're in the college when you lose one in the semifinal at halftime and one in the first half of the final. It is really hard to replace that, especially when Georgia has such a stout run defense. I thought Robinson was really good last night. Thought he made him some money, especially in the past game. He caught you know three or four passes and was, was pretty good there, but. I agree with you on Bryce Young, but we got to give Stetson Bennett some credit too because I didn't yep. think he had it any. Um, to me, he was they were they were kind of designing the game for him not to lose it. And then, like I said, the irony was when they got behind, they just said, "Hey, go chuck it," and he did. Was it three or four plays that were in the end zone? Big, big plays, big pass plays. I thought Alabama did a good job on Bowers last night, and you could tell that 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 was the design. He did have the one touchdown. But that was the design for Alabama was we're not going to let this guy, you know, go nuts. We're not going to let him go Kyle Pitts on us, and they didn't uh, until late. But ultimately, ran out of gas. Again, best team won, best team all year won. But, you know, if you're, if you're tired of Alabama and Georgia, sorry about it because they're going to be back again yeah. next year. You know, I thought as, as big of a factor in the football game, Bama was, uh, was, was making Alabama settle for field goals. You know yeah. where they would get down there because they they attempted five field goals. You mentioned the one that was blocked. I thought that was huge. That uh, twelve of the points. If you cash in a couple of those, uh, who yeah. knows how th- this thing ended? But Georgia's defense, Nicobe Dean, forty-one. Uh, both of them, both of those line, all three of the linebackers were all over the field last night, and uh, they just made Young uh, too uncomfortable. I'll tell you who I did was impressed with. Uh, Bammer's perspective uh, was the tight end Latou. Was that his best game yeah. of the year? Had to have by been. far, yeah, by far, and you know, as as good as he was, if you saw number nineteen out there, uh, Billingsley, mm-hmm. um, yep, that is a guy that really needs to enter the transfer portal. Uh, he was awful, and the, they had the one play, uh, I think, on the first pick where you know he kind of stumbled a little bit, but man, he just kind of gave up on the play. There was another play, two plays I saw where he just whiffed blocks on the end and, and just, you know, got Robinson killed. We got young sacked one time. This is a kid that was in uh, Nick Saban's doghouse early in the year. He was a really highly recruited player. Um, he, you know, he didn't play the first two or three games. And all Saban would say is, you know, listen, you got to do the right things. You got to, you got to do what you're being asked. You have to do it. There's a certain way we do things kind of integrated him back in, but he was terrible, but you're right. Latou, um, you know, <laughs> He was leaking a little oil down the side. I wish he had like another, yeah. you know, <laughs> another three tenths of a speed, you know, a mile per hour on his uh, forty time because I think he might have got that one in the end zone. Um, but he did catch a nice touchdown pass where he just kind of shoved the defender away and and gave you know presented himself. So he I was, thought he got away he with was, one there, Bama. He did. But you know what, Ken? I'll tell you this: they were letting it go all night, yeah. and I am fine with that. Yeah. The, the, the only pi that I recall was where the Alabama. The, the freshman just absolutely tackled the receiver. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just, which, you know, is a smart play in college. He's behind you. 15 fine. yards, right. 15 yards. Yeah. I mean, they scored anyway, but it was a good play. But I was okay with a lot of the hand fighting, especially in this game. I did not want to see, because both these teams are so good and they're so physical that, you know, I didn't want to see 10 pass interference calls because then it just gets into, yeah. hey, let's just throw right. it deep. We're going to get a PI call. There was a lot of calls that could have gone, that could have been made that weren't, and I'm okay with that, including the one on the touchdown. And there were a lot that I think I thought Georgia got away with. There are a few, not a lot, but a few. 
I was okay with that. Um, look, the the catch that Pickens made was huge. He had one, that was his only. That catch was it. Tonight. Yep. Yep. Kid from Hoover, but you know uh, he just the, the way he leaned out for that. And they they mentioned it on the broadcast. If he just dives for that, it, it probably it comes off. Yeah, he doesn't comes out. Yep, but the com- way doesn't he complete the catch. Cupped his arm, yep. rolled his body, tucked himself, all in midair, all at full stretch was just amazing. And that's that's what he can do, and that's what Georgia has missed. If he comes back next year. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be the Jamison Williams for Georgia, and that's kind of what they're warning. He's coming off an ACL, um, so they're kind of limiting him. But uh, yeah, I, you're right. Latou I thought was really good, um, and you saw a couple of other guys. Slade Bolden did what he thought what I thought he would do, kind of the possession guy. Um, you know, Hall is is kind of the next up and coming one, but you know, he's a true freshman. Um, you know, Holden caught. You know, he was kind of the the one he got five or six balls but you know not for a lot of yards but it it, it was just so tough because you knew you were never going to run against georgia not not for big plays um i think i Trent, i can't remember what you said the over under was but robinson landed right on 68 which yeah. really sounded to me like that number it was, was it low 70 what was it 67 and a half was it really how, how oh, it went over by half a yard <laughs> wow. wow just absolutely wow. nuts <laughs> You mentioned yeah, uh, Slade Bolden. I thought they went away from him a little bit. I mean, early on, he had felt like five catches in the first couple of drives and mm-hmm. didn't see him a whole lot after that. The running back spot, though, speaking of Robinson, he's fine. He's not kind of what we're used to with an Alabama running back. I, I know yeah. there's been a couple of injuries with their backup. Was he involved in a car accident earlier this year? Had a foot injury yeah, before the season? Sanders, yeah. yeah. Is there a running back coming up? Is there no, a guy? They got the kid from Georgia Tech. They they got a transfer from George. Oh. Is it Gibbs, Bama? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and they do have a couple of true freshmen mm-hmm. this year that are redshirt. I mean, listen, they're always going to have back yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, you just go back to when Nick Saban got there. Um, and really, this is the first year that they've kind of had a feature guy, if you will, because you just really start thinking back to yep. you know, the you know, Mark Ingram. You know, yep. go back that far, him and Yeldon, and, and then. Yeldon and Lacey yeah. and Josh Jacobs and you know the monster Derek Henry. Yeah. You know, I mean, just they just kind of on and on. Najee Harris. I mean, you just kind of go all through. Uh, you know, Nick Saban's tenure. He likes to. He likes a guy, but he likes one one B behind him uh, to kind of split carries. And it's not it's not these change of pace guys. You know, hey, one's kind of quick and one's a pass. He likes big bruising. You know, two ten to two twenty five type backs, and uh, if he can ride them, he will. But I thought the offensive line held up pretty good last. I night. did too, Bama. The, Glad you brought that um, up because I didn't I think mean, they would. No, I didn't either. Especially and, the right and, side. And yep, and I mean that's where Georgia, you know, brought the pressure. And look, they they got there. They got home a bunch. And you're right, Bryce Young was. I mean, it, it was different last night. But I thought it was interesting because Holly Rowe kind of reported on the sideline that, that Dan Lanning, you know, who's going to leave for mm-hmm. Oregon, who gets to play this bunch next week, you know, yeah. to open next year, uh, although without a lot of those guys that he's coaching. When Williams went out, he said, that's it, boys, you know, game changer, one side of the game. So they knew what Williamson could do. And I think at that point, you mentioned Bolden, uh, Trent. I think once Williamson, once Williams went out of the game, Bolden was kind of the guy that's like, okay, this is their next best guy. We're going to lock him down a little bit. And I think that kind of, and we're going to make some of these receivers, these freshmen who've really never been in any kind of game, let alone this one, 
uh, we're going to make them beat us, and, and they couldn't do it. But um, I'm with you. I give Bryce Young a lot of credit. Man, he hung in there. He took a pounding. Um, and, I, I, you know, Will Anderson, my goodness. that kid, For all due respect to Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, okay? the wrong guy was a, in New York. He's a great player. He really is. And he's he's in that Bosa mold, if you will. Same number and everything mm-hmm. else. But he played against Georgia, I guess. I don't recall him doing much. <laughs> Will Anderson was wrecking that game last night mm-hmm. against the same exact team, you know, 10 days later. So, look, I get you got to have a little diversity and everything, but, you know, if I'm drafting, I'm taking 31 in that, you know, in that spot. Although I do believe he'll be back next year. Well, he's got he's to, I think. Sophomore. Yeah, he's Yeah, he's only a sophomore. Right. You know, so, can, you know, good luck with that. The Heisman winner he's and the best good. defensive player in the country are both back next year. Yeah, exactly. So they'll, they'll be okay. Yeah. I think. Uh, you know, again, that's what I'm saying. They're not really going to go anywhere. Bami, you know who's not going to be okay? Me, because I hate the fact that this segment <laughs> has come to an end for another year. I truly do. It drives yeah. me absolutely nuts when we have to say goodbye to you for, uh, cause college football, the curtain has come down and the spectator, the patrons are leaving the auditorium and making their way to the exit. Brother, listen, uh, I can't I tell you every time, uh, I love this segment, whether we're previewing on Friday or recapping on Monday. Um, it'll go fast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it, it will. 257 days, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> we start, we, we did that at the beginning of the show as well. Uh, 257 <laughs> yeah. days. We'll find a reason. We say it every year. We're, we're, we're bound and determined to uh, come up with some college football talk- topics to banter uh, about here in the uh, months ahead. Thank you for what you do for us, Bama Bob. Really, really enjoyed it. Look forward to the fall already. Thanks, Bama. Same here, guys. Always enjoy it. Thanks for indulging me. It's my highlight of my week, I assure you. And, uh, I appreciate all the listeners out there just, you know, putting up with me and, and it is it is fun. I, I enjoy it. You call you know, anytime any you know, anything hits, just give me a call. You got it. Thanks, Thanks Bama. Good to talk to you. Thank right. you. Bama Bob as we bring the the curtain down on his uh, segments. I love it. It's I, fun. I love the other perspective of yep. of on a national basis. We will do a keyword. And then we will switch gears and stay, stay in the football mode, though. Nick Athen on to those Chiefs. They've got a date. They play Sunday night, Trent? Yes. Sunday night, against right? Against the Steelers. Uh, against the Steelers. And uh, we'll do Ted Glover on the Vikings as they try to make some moves. Uh, we'll find out the latest on the Vikings. Boy, they've got some decisions. Yes, Kirk they Cousins do. has to be on that list of decisions. What do you do? $35 million? Well, I think Zimmer told you a lot about Kellen Mond. Oof. It's not like there's somebody waiting in the wings. Right. Kind of threw Spielman under the bus. I wonder if that went, because I thought Spielman would survive. Mm -hmm. I did too. I wonder if his head coach's um, feelings on on Spielman's quarterback that he drafted came into play at all. Right now, time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Here's the keyword. Go to kxno.com. Enter the keyword money. That's keyword money right now at kxno.com, your chance to win $1,000. It's 1125, football conversation of NFL variety. Next, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wild card team to win their game. Bet just $5, make 280 
in free bets if your team is victorious. And all customers, all of us, we can get in on DraftKings Hammer the Over promotion. For every 5,000 bettors who take the over for Saturday night's game with the uh, matchup there, the point total will lower by half a point. Hammer the Over has hit zero every time DraftKings has run it. So bettors have won when the first point was scored. Yeah, pretty simple. DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, we ask you to download it now. And if you do, use the promo code KXNO to get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL wildcard game. That's just $5 to win, 250 in free bets. If that team wins, it's promo code KXNO this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, Iowa only, new customers only, and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call one. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roof. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Just past 1130 on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's take a look at the Vikings. We'll do that in about 10 minutes. Same segment? Yes. Same segment with uh, our buddy Ted Glover right now. It's to the Chiefs first and foremost. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com, joins us. Well, we saw this game, what, three <clears throat> weeks ago, right? Steelers uh, at Arrowhead Stadium didn't go well for Pittsburgh. They get to try it again on Sunday night football. Nick Athen joins. Nick, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on. No, appreciate it, Nick. So, um, heading into the playoffs, I think most people feel that the AFC is totally wide open. Well, maybe it's tough to make a case for the Steelers. Right. I kind of feel the same way about the Raiders. But ultimately, there's you know you can three or four teams that if they come out of the AFC and get to Los Angeles for Super Bowl Fifty Six wouldn't surprise <laughs> you. Are are you on that page as well, Nick? Um, I think the Chiefs are still the prohibitive favorite, just based on experience coaching, uh, the kind of season they had compared to some of these other teams, the schedule they had. You know, I think I can list about four or five things there that, that kind of put them above everybody else. Now, does that mean that Pittsburgh may not come in, could come into Kansas City and win? Uh, could it mean that the Bengals or the Bills or the Raiders or somebody like that could win? Absolutely. There's no question about it because in the NFL we saw this year on any given Sunday it was no more true than, than this past year. However, um, I just look at these teams overall, and I just go back to the same thing. Experience, experience, experience in the postseason. Nobody has handled that adversity or, or been through the ups and downs and done everything to deal with COVID and expectations. And, you know, the Chiefs came out at the end, you know, almost on top, and Titans were very fortunate. They played a very, very soft schedule throughout most of the year, uh, played without Henry, and to their credit, I think they went 6-2, and two, so... Um, you know, but they've got a lot of issues too defensively and, and a quarterback, in my opinion. So I think the Chiefs are the clear front runner. I think the only team that's going to beat the Chiefs in the postseason is, is themselves. 
Besides the goofy nature of the NFL, as you mentioned, Nick, what else does concern you about Pittsburgh, about them coming in, walk, coming off the edge, you know, taking out Mahomes, something like that? What else mm-hmm. does concern you, though, with this Pittsburgh team? Yeah, Watt, to me, is the key defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have to they have to double-team him. Kind of like, now, he wasn't 100% when he was here a few weeks no. ago, and, you know, that, that, that had a lot to do with the Chiefs' offensive line. But on the flip side, you know, you didn't have Kelsey. You barely played Hill. Um, you know, Chiefs have some weapons there now that, that they didn't have before. So that, that could offset that. I, I would expect Chelsea, or Kelsey's going to do some chips as well. But, um, you know, that concerns me. The secondary, I think, is still pretty good. Um, you know, offensively, you know, hey, Big Ben hasn't had a 300-yard passing game, I think, in a while, if at all, this season. So, you know, is he due this Sunday night in this, what could be a swan song in the NFL? You know, it's entirely possible. Um, I, I think the G- Chiefs defense is too strong, though. I think they'll be flying around. Um, if they can contain Najee Harris, who won my uh, won my fantasy championship by a half a point <laughs> nice, with his nice. performance the other night. So uh, I, I'm very excited to, for that, but I don't want him to see him go off on the Chiefs. Um, I, I, I think that concerns me. I think that the way the Chiefs defense has played the last couple of weeks now, Against the Bengals, I mean, it just they were just overly aggressive, which I'm not going to fault them for because we faulted them way too much, too many times for being conservative. And I think last week against the Broncos, you could tell there are a lot of guys whose heart wasn't in it. There really wasn't a whole lot to play for. They really weren't in much risk of losing the number two seed um, at the end of the day. So uh, they got through it, but I think they'll be sharper um, come Sunday night against Pittsburgh. Here's my worry if I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, Tyreek Hill is hurt, and we saw him. He, he didn't play... Uh, very many snaps at all against Denver. He was in a couple of times, more of a decoy. He did catch right. that. He moved the chains. It was a fourth down, fourth and one, I think, and he got like one and uh, maybe one and a half. But that's all he needed to do. Right. And then late in the game, Kelsey seemed to get hurt a little bit. Uh, so two of those offensive weapons, two of, as big as two as the offensive weapons as they have, not 100%. What are you hearing as far as Hill and Kelsey? Uh, but I'm, I kind of got a hip thing and and, you know, it, it just was kind of sore. I needed extra days. Uh, you know, he's had before. You know, at some point he's probably going to have to fix what's going on there. But but he'll gut it out. I mean, he's one of the toughest players in the NFL. And, and if he's got to limp a little bit, maybe it's a decoy, maybe it's not. But, you know, when he still needs to get his burst of speed, he'll, he'll fight through it. So uh, I'm not too concerned. The, the, the best thing that could happen with the Chiefs is this is a – 28 to 31 nothing halftime score, and yep. they can rest these guys in the second half and, and get ready for the next round. Because if the Chiefs set up, if the Chiefs all they have to do is maybe 24 points top, maybe mm-hmm. maybe 28. I agree. Uh, I don't see Pittsburgh throwing 28 points on the defense. I right don't now. either. I yeah. agree with you. I'm right there with you, too. Clyde Edwards Alaire, the only guy that was talked about mm-hmm. by Reed yesterday during the press conference, injury wise. You anticipate he's going to play? Um, I think it's fifty-fifty at this point. I, I think they're going to be conservative with him because he, you know, he has shown unfortunately he's injury prone. And I think with the, the game, Jared McKinnon, we think they know they can keep on him. Play great. Uh, Williams is a little ba- Williams is a little backed up. Gore to me is the guy. He's starting running back next year. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I, I love this kid. I love the way he cuts back, the way he blocks, he catches the ball. He's just he's just one of those guys you find the gem and drafted free agent going to turn into a superstar, and I, I think he will. Um, so I think they'll bring Clyde Edwards-Alaire on slowly. If they don't need him this week, don't use him, save him. 
because, you know, Andy likes to rotate his backs, and, and they do win when he's on the field than not. So um, I think it's important that he does, he does get out there and, and contribute. McKinnon was terrific. Uh, Nick, we are having trouble uh, with your phone then. We appreciate you coming on. We will talk with you next week. Thank you, Nick Athen. Appreciate it. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen, as we talk Chiefs, we go from the Chiefs, who have a head coach and a general manager, and a game this week to the Vikings, who, unfortunately for that portion of our listening audience and fans of that team, do not... And they try to alleviate that problem. Ted Glover's covered the Vikings for a long time. He's back with us. Vikings Report Podcast. Ted, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Well, on a scale of, uh, I guess, uh, 10 being you were completely floored by both uh, Spielman and Zimmer losing their gigs uh, to one that, uh, uh, well, where are you, I guess? Did you did the Spielman thing surprise you? Zimmer, I don't think it caught everybody off, but there was a lot of folks that thought Spielman would get through this. Were you one of them? Uh, I kind of was, but I'm glad he wasn't. I mean, I, I, first of all, thanks for having me back on. It's been a while. Good to talk to you guys. Um, but I, I think for the Vikings to get a clean break and get rid of this malaise, or or my co-host, my buddy Drew says this this gloom that just has kind of been over the Vikings these last couple of years. I think a clean break from Spielman uh, and Zimmer was necessary. Spielman, a guy that built the organization, brought in some of the guys, especially defensive backs, that definitely Zimmer wanted here. I always liked the way that he built a team. But ultimately, was the Kirk Cousin decision the one that became maybe untenable with the fan base? Just they were so close and thought that Cousins was going to be the guy that pushed him over the hump. Is that ultimately led to the downfall of Spielman? Um, you know, I don't I don't know that you can put that one that one decision on quarterback on Spielman. I think, I think Rick Spielman's failure... Uh, one of his big failures as a GM overall was to find a quarterback. You know, he's been in the organization and working with player development drafts since right uh, since 2007. And in that time, they've they drafted you know Christian Ponder that was a bust. They had makeshift quarterbacks that that guys a couple guys caught lightning and, and Favre and and Keenum in 2017, and they could never develop. They could never find a franchise guy or develop a guy. So they they had to go and go outside the organization to get a guy like Cousins. Um, so that's part of it. But I think I think also um, one of the things that I personally thought was a fireable offense, and it's been a problem for the Vikings for years, is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he, he never addressed it, but but they, they ignored high picks in the draft to get offensive linemen until, like, 2017 is when they drafted. They, they had one guy, Matt Khalil, in 2012, and then from 2013 to 2016 – they just got fifth round guys in later and just expected these journeyman dudes to become starters and it and it didn't work. They finally kind of wised up and drafted, you know, Pat Elfline, they got Wyatt Davis, they got Garrett Bradbury. This year they drafted Crash uh, Christian Derisaw, but it, it felt like it was too little too late. Ted, I uh, reading some of the the quotes from some of the players that were asked their comment on uh, on their head coach's dismissal yesterday. I came came away with kind of a different impression because I thought they loved him universally, uh, loved him on that team. I'm not so sure that's the case. We're listening to Cousins, uh, listening to Kendricks, maybe he, you know, maybe. Maybe it was a little too much of a, a disciplinarian, uh, ruled by fear type of thing uh, with today's players. Maybe that doesn't go over. Did did you take that away from listening to some of the players as well? That maybe maybe Zimmer wasn't uh, at least as loved as we thought he was um, here in Iowa. Uh, I, I did. Yeah. It, it. 
I don't say I don't want to say it was surprising, and and you know people talk about culture, and and I, you know, you can say whatever you want about you know players, coach, disciplinarian. Uh, the culture is is the culture is good as long as the team is winning. Um, you know, you look back to the, the late great John Madden and some of those crazy Raiders teams he had. It was just just do whatever off the field, just be ready to work. Um, the Jimmy Johnson and, and Barry Switzer Cowboys had wild off the field stuff, but they won, so it was okay. You know, the Mike Tice Vikings had wild off the seasons off the field stuff, and they didn't win. So it was a it was a terrible culture. It needed to be changed. So I, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, Zimmer is an old school guy, and and he doesn't he doesn't um, he doesn't change his style to meet the player. The player has to kind of understand where Mike Zimmer comes from, and I, I think that was one of the reasons for his undoing. When when a team doesn't when the team quits winning. That becomes a big problem, and it, and it obviously did. So, give us your wish list right now, Ted. Who you're hoping for? Some of the names that excite you for head coach, and is there anything GM wise? We were talking earlier about the Bears. Uh, just a different kind of conversation. Anybody jump out there? Also, you know, a couple a couple names that I would really like to see the Vikings interview, and I, I see these guys' names getting bandied about is uh, Adolfo Mensa, Quasi uh, uh, Adolfo Mensa, the, the Browns vice president of player development. Um, Joe Schoen, the, the Bills assistant GM for coach. I think, I think Brian Dable would be a guy mm-hmm. the Vikings should really look at because he's been the Bills offensive coordinator. They drafted Josh Allen, and, and there was a lot of people that were bagging that, that pick, myself included, because Josh Allen's completion percentage in college was really bad, and that's not something that generally improves once you get to the NFL. And they've made Josh Allen into a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think the next Vikings – GM and coach are going to move on from Kirk, whether it's in 2022 or 2023, um, and they're going to have to find their guy. If I'm a GM and I'm a head coach coming in, I want my guy at quarterback. And so I'm going to go and draft my guy, and I want to develop my guy. And I think those two guys, um, they've had the Bills have had some really good drafts. They've made some really good trades. That would kind of be my, my first choice. But uh, whoever it is, I want them to be on the same page, and I want them to have the same philosophy, same vision going forward. Sure sounds like Kellen Mond's not the guy, if you listen to his former head coach. <laughs> wow, he threw him under the bus. If he needed motivation going in the offseason to get better, uh, you, can, you can look right there. Ted, great to catch up with you. Thank you for doing this for us. We appreciate it, Ted Glover. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you soon. Yep, good stuff. Good to talk to you, Ted Glover, as we catch up on the Minnesota Vikings. Cousins, one more year, thirty-five yeah. million. I mean, doesn't escalate to like forty? Does it? I thought I saw something like that. Yeah, yeah, you could be right, but you can't cut him, and you can't trade him. Who right. wants him with exactly. that contract? I mean, I get the Broncos. Nah, <laughs> no. Trent, I, I came away watching Drew Locke thinking, you know what? Yeah, I know. You know what? Just maybe. Just no. So he had his first. He had his rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. Then he had the the COVID year, right? Where you couldn't work out, couldn't get. Then he got beat out by Teddy Bridgewater, or did he? There's talent. I think there is. Here's my fear as a Broncos fan: he's gonna they give me cut. He's gonna go somewhere and turn into a not a not going to Canton, right? But a serviceable starting quarterback. And Which look at all be. the failures, yeah, that they've had. And there's nobody in this class. And I swear to God, I will be shocked if Aaron Rodgers is there. And how does any team try and bring Deshaun Watson in and sell that to the fan base? I mean, look at the, the, this guy's 
He's got some major baggage. But ultimately, it's about wins. We've I learned that it, about this league. it's 2022. That's true. That's a good point. And it used to be all about D- wins. Yes, different conversation. Uh-huh. That's a very valid point. Right, where you didn't have to be a choir boy to be in the mm-hmm. NFL. It's just different now. Sure. And there's a ton, and this is great for the league, there's a ton of women that love this sport. Yes. And their team's going to bring in the sex predator like this cat? Not the sell it once was. It's not. Right. It's yeah. it's tough to do. Who else is out there? I mean, the, the, the Rams played a king's ransom for Stafford. Right. I don't think he's that good. Yeah, he got him to what? 12-5? He made so many... Is he an upgrade from Goff? Yes. 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 But probably not as significant as we thought. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm with you. And a couple of weeks ago, he had a great game, too. Did he? Just so inconsistent. Yeah, that's a good way to describe him. Uh, $45 million, apparently, the, con- the, 45. the escalates. $45 million. That's a lot of stops at Pizza Ranch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, they're, I think they're stuck with him. We will come back. Trent's play of the day. It's all baskets tonight. We've got some good basketball games. There's, there's a Pac-12 game at four on mm-hmm. the deuce. There's games at one. Iowa State, Kansas collide at seven. There's Big Ten, Big 12 action all over the docket. Tonight. We got Patino kicking it off today at one o'clock. Iona. Is that right? Yes. They're in this one. Well, Trent's Play of the Day is sponsored by Circa. It's next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 106. No. Market homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renters Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renters Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happy. American Lung Association. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. My final couple of minutes here. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Of course, Kansas, Iowa State tonight. Uh, that will be a 7 o'clock tip. ESPN Plus for the TV, the radio call down the hall here on 100.3 The Bus. And the voice of Iowa State, John Walters, back in the saddle tonight. Him and Eric Heft will have the uh, call on that one. Good to have John with that COVID fight behind him and back with uh, a headset on. Trent Condon. Yes. Let's have your play of the day. We got plays of the day. It's oh, college plays basketball. Oh, there's so much out there. You can't just play one. <laughs> this is it's like a what the, the old chips. What was that? Can't chips. just have just one. It was oh, Lays. Lays. Was Lays it Pringles. Potato. Pringles. I think it was whatever it was. You can't have just one. You can't so just. You bet do on watch. One you do see commercials. Well, that, that periodically. Was from like 1984. Okay, you didn't have any kids then. Did no, you? no, it was ways back. Last time I saw a commercial, well, I can't even remember. By what the way, was. your kids, you dressed them up in Alabama. Gear. I did not. I did not dress them up. In Alabama. Well, they, I saw a Their picture. Their mother did. Okay, well, <laughs> your better half dressed them up. Yes. That was so cute. 
They really were. Jack and Ella, they look great. They were excited for the game. Well, Jack sat down. He laid down with me. He wanted him to lay on the floor and watch the game. So we got the pillows out, yeah. the blanket, and then, of course, we started wrestling after that. So. So so, where did Tara get the Alabama gear from? Uh, from her friend that she taught with that was from Alabama. When they taught together in Japan, they would stay up until it was like 4 a.m. Japanese time Sunday. To watch the games? To watch Alabama and Iowa games together. So that's where her affinity for the Crimson Tide came from. And I got to experience Brian Denny. So it was a pretty good trade-off for me Works. Uh, going to that one. So yeah, they were dressed up at it. Of course, they didn't see the conclusion. No. Yeah, good for them. But... Yes, my kids wear Alabama gear. It is odd. I'm grabbing Iowa State tonight. Go ahead. Iowa State. And 13. Going to grab the 13. Seems like a lot. Going to lay the three with Penn State at home against Rutgers. Like that Rutgers team. And that's Big Ten Network 530? Yes. Yep. So like those ones, those are a couple that jumped off the page. Penn State. You do. No, you do. Yes, yes. No, I like, I don't have an opinion. I watch Rutgers. I'm impressed by that Rutgers team. Rutgers at home, remember. They're That's a, true. Different animal. Okay, they're really fair. good at the rack. Yep, yep. Well, we shall see. So we get two tonight, and I'll be playing a lot. Grabbing more. some points with Penn State and likewise with Iowa State. Murph and Andy are in here in an hour and uh, five minutes. The Fanatics at 3 o'clock. There'll be no Cyclone Insider tonight. Baron Lawrence to the, to the Hawks. That's right. Switch nights, do you know? We got Company. women's basketball. Tonight. There's your answer. Miller and Condon back tomorrow, 10 o'clock on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.9.